everyone else had things to say about my body. I never had an eating disorder before I had social media. I never even thought about it. The, I kid you not, the moment I started posting in a bikini, so many negative thoughts just were always surrounding my body and it, I started actually hating the way that I looked. Hello everyone, I'm Emrata, aka Emily Radikowski. This is High Low with Emrata. There are two episodes a week. First episode will be in conversation with a special guest. The second is called Emrata Ass, where I'll be doing a solo episode investigating a question that I can't stop thinking about. Today I'm talking to the incredible Olivia Ponton. You might know Olivia from Sports Illustrated or how I know her from, which is TikTok. She represents and stands for so much, and we're going to talk about a lot of things today, including self-expression, body image. We do talk about eating disorders. That's a trigger warning for anyone who doesn't want to hear about that. This episode might not be for you. Olivia has so many interesting things to say. I'm excited for you to hear this episode. So stay tuned. And to join the conversation and our subscription episode, which is High Low Talk Back, go to hilo.fm. That's H-I-G-H-L-O-W.fm to submit your thoughts. You can submit audio notes. We will be playing those back. I'll be reading your DMs and we'll be continuing the conversation. Anything that this episode makes you think about, I want to hear from you. Enjoy the episode. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. I'm so excited you're here. I'm a massive fan. I first saw you on TikTok, obviously, like everyone else. But then we got to meet because you modeled for Enamorata and we had such a great mm-hmm. day. I had a great day with I you. I know. That whole day I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is real. Like, this is so fun. Oh. Definitely one of the most fun sets I've ever been on. And the way that you respected the models, I think, is very appreciative because I've been on so many sets where they're just not as nice as you were. <laughs> oh, that makes me really happy to hear that because it's a really strange thing to be. I was so used to doing the e-com thing and like being the model who came onto set. And I remember how, especially doing bathing suits specifically, how awkward that could be and how little tiny things made a difference and how I felt. So it, it's really nice of you to say that. I want to start from the beginning with you because okay. like I do know a lot about you, but where are you from? Mm-hmm. How did you start modeling? Okay, from Florida, Naples, Florida. How did I start? I literally just submitted photos online. I was like outside by the pool. I was wearing a neon pink swimsuit. Like where was my thought process? I don't know. How old were you? I was 17. Okay. And. This was three years ago. Yeah. Oh my God. This was like, yeah. Uh And an agency in New York picked me up and I was like, oh, that's weird. And he called me and was like, can you move to New York in like a week? And I was like, uh. Sir, I am 17 years old and I live in Florida and I'm in, I'm in high school. Mm-hmm. I cannot move. And then I brought it up to my parents and they were, you know, 
they were like, hey, you're going to college. And I was like, right. okay, like whatever, like can we at least go meet them in New York? Like he wants me to come. And uh, we ended up all going, signed to them. And then he was like, I kind of talked my family into like letting me do online school and then modeling here. The day that I left New York was the day the city shut down for COVID. Oh my God. So obviously I didn't work for a year or whatever it was. And, and then you were I, living in New York. No, I was living in Florida still at the time. And then I moved to LA and did that whole thing. <laughs> okay. So what made you want to be a model? This is a question people have asked me. I'm, yeah. I'm curious. So Victoria's Secret Angels were like something that I saw when I was like 14 years old. I remember walking up to my mom and being like, I'm going to be a Victoria's Secret Angel. But I have a tattoo right on my middle finger and it says Angel. The whole reasoning behind it was because of Victoria's Secret Angels. It's like my motivation for everything. And obviously they do not exist anymore, but I do believe like a strong part of all my motivation comes from the fact that I was like 14 years old being like, oh, I want to do that when I'm older. But at that time, it just felt so unobtainable. Mm -hmm. And you were an, you're an athlete, yeah, right? So you were like really into sports in high school. Yeah. So I was like going to go to college for it and everything. Oh, wow. And that's why I just thought like modeling was never going to be compatible with being an athlete because like the body types are very, very different. Yeah. I hear that. I mean, I feel like you embody both an athlete and a model in a beautiful way. So you moved to LA. Yes. At this point, when did you start posting TikToks? So I got signed as a model and then probably like two months later, I started posting in like middle of COVID when like wasn't literally doing anything. And you were and down in Florida. Yeah. And I yeah. just was like posting kind of my life. Yeah. And People really liked that. And it was <laughs> it was fun to put on a show to people and be like, oh, like this is what I'm doing on my day-to-day -day life. I would do just different things and then you start meeting people. And I think that was the part that I liked the most about it was after being on the app for a week, I had a whole new community of friends and people wow. that I was like reaching. And I really liked that. Was it just sort of because you were bored or were you kind of thinking about your career and thinking, I want to go on TikTok Not and build a following? No, I was never thinking about this was going to turn into something. And I think wow. that's a really precious thing because yeah. I think a lot of people now go on it with the intention of doing it. And yeah, that it was like, just so organic for you. Yeah, it was just like I was posting my life like because I always say like I genuinely enjoy doing it. Yeah. And, you know, everyone enjoys doing their own things. And then it just kind of slowly but surely happened you can feel that though it feels like you're getting an insight into your life and just you enjoying yourself yeah. and that's what i like the most about it i'm not putting on a show for anything that's fake it's like this is what i'm doing today this is like and i want to bring you guys kind of along with it when it was quarantine, I got so into TikTok. I wasn't really posting. I was just a lurker. Yeah. And I remember being introduced to the whole world of Hype House and everything and just being like mind blown. I'm obsessed. This is like my reality <laughs> TV, basically. I was so invested. Yeah. Well, what was it? How did that come to be? And what was it like? It was, let's put this in perspective. There were 17 people that lived in this house. Wow. There's three girls. Wow. I was the only single girl. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So like say less. <laughs> let's you can make your connections right there mm. off the bat. It was really hard. I turned 18. Four days later, I moved to LA. So who hit you up? Like how did that happen? Um, Thomas and Chase just DM'd me on Instagram and they were like, hey, like, let's talk. I was like, I had a boyfriend at the time. I was like, these guys are flirting with me. Like, what's going yeah. on? And then I ended up just like talking to them and being like, okay, like, what's up? And they asked for me and my best friend at the time to like go visit and like see how we kind of 
mended together. Mm-hmm. And then we went probably a week or two after they asked. And middle of COVID, by the way, like nobody was flying. Oh it was very, God. I live my life really very YOLO. And mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, it's fine. How are your, what does your parents think? They did not want me to go. I was going to say, did you even tell them? I told them a day before I went and I was like, oh, I'm going to LA, by the way. Like, I might be moving there. And they were like, no, you're not. And I was oh like, God. I'm 18, so technically I can do whatever I want. <laughs> you're like, I'm sorry, I didn't, did I ask yeah, permission? I was like, I yeah. I'm just letting you know politely. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was some problems with that but like not anything crazy and then I moved there okay so you went out there you saw the house and you vibed enough that you were like okay I think it was just all the attention compared to Florida LA is very fast paced Mm -hmm. so I think I was obsessed with like the go 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 you're I mean I was living with 17 people like it was constant fun constant content constant going out constant everything and I just became very addicted to that for like three weeks and I was like, oh yeah, I could totally live here. Like da 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 thought process of an 18 year old. I mean, that sounds like a dream. That sounds really fun. That it sounds was. like what people imagine college is gonna be like and then they show up to college and they're like, this sucks. Yeah. But you got to do it without the, the, the sucky part, yeah. Yeah, which was really fun because I think a large part of me not going to college was I was sad about not having the whole experience, like the football games and the tailgating and like making friends inevitably like I had my own version of it Mm -hmm. it was just not your typical one yeah I dropped out of college after a year and it was that was like the scariest part of it for me but then modeling does offer its own world yeah there was no hype house like equivalent Mm -hmm. for Instagram or anything but it did kind of provide a world and a community yeah it's like a community in a sense and it's okay you know your mutual people and then kind of collectively build your world around that so how long did you live in the Hype House? I lasted maybe three months. I love how it's, I lasted. Yeah. You're like, I lasted, like I made in, it through. In the best way possible. Like uh-huh. I think it matured me as a human being so incredibly much. Yeah. That it was like, I was living basically at home alone in Florida to living with a million people. So that maturity level of cleaning up after people, basically being a mom to some people. Wow changed a lot about me very quickly. I can only imagine you had to kind of grow up fast and then navigate all these guys. What was that like? It was also when I was kind of figuring out my sexuality and I was having certain feelings that I was like, hmm, like, what does this mean? And I had no one to talk to really about it. Yeah. And so I guess trying to navigate boys, I feel like honestly, I was just like, you're my roommate, stop. (laughs) Kind of that type of thing, but especially a group of them who live together. Yeah. And it's like they're down the hall from you. Like if they really want to come see you, they just knock on your door. Like, That's kind of scary. Yeah. But it, I mean, none of them were like that harsh. Like okay. it's nothing mm-hmm. insane. Mm-hmm. But you were kind of dealing with that. Yeah. Just on top of everything else that was happening. What do you mean everything else that was like, happening? It, just like moving to across the literal country by myself. Me and my boyfriend were breaking up at the time. Oh like, my God. Just transforming your life. Yeah. It was 80 things were happening and I was like, whoa. So a morning at the Hype House, you wake up, you post it, you make a TikTok. Like, like, <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. So realistically, I would like wake up and, you know, middle of COVID, we were just staying up until like four in the morning, which is terrible, terrible for somebody who's 
their body is trying to like, keep right. up with it. Yeah. And I was getting like four to five hours of sleep oh, a so, night. That makes me feel so tired. Just yeah, you saying for, that. For weeks on end. Oh and my then, God. So, you know, you'd wake up, you'd be so tired. I was also, you know, when your body's looked at by so many people, I was yeah. like making sure I was working out, making sure I was trying to eat correctly. But I got introduced Uber Eats when I moved to LA mm -hmm. and I just ordered anything like mcdonald's like three times a day every day for like that's a week. so normal that's like the freshman 15 when you move i gained exactly. 15 pounds when i went to college because i got at the dorm they gave you like a little ticket mm -hmm. for how much whatever your meals and i would just get bagels exactly. and then i'd get like chinese food and i didn't i had no concept of diet or health exactly. at that point because i was a child and all of a sudden i was like whoa these pants don't fit that was me when i kind of moved there because i was just like everyone else was eating it so i was like mm -hmm. oh like i should too not I should, but you know, yeah, it was just around. And then all of a sudden it was the same thing. I was like, oh, like this is weird. So then I started working out a lot. And you know, I always work out in the morning. So I was like waking up at like eight or 9 a.m. going to the gym, going on runs. This sounds exhausting. Yeah. I'm just going to say, it was just, it was this sounds really exhausting and not the healthiest for you. Not at all. Like that was. So that's why you're saying lasted. Yeah, because it was not really because of the people that were in it. It was because of how I was trying to like fit in with their lifestyle. That was just so not for me. And then you moved to New York. Yes. Okay. Well, there was like a few, like I ended up staying in LA for probably like 10 months. Okay. And then my agent was like, oh, if you actually want to like do this, you got to come to New York. And I didn't really tell anyone and I just moved. And I was like, peace out, guys. I did the same thing. It was the same kind of thing from LA to New York. And I was so happy to yeah. come out here and, and not be in LA anymore. Yeah. For the first like year, I kind of hated it. It's lonely and scary. Yeah. And I think that especially in like Tribeca, I was just by myself, wasn't around anyone my age. Yeah. And then- It's hard to tap into community when you move to any big city exactly. and you don't and have I, a high power. Yeah. And I felt like I was trying to, but then- I don't really know how to like go up to people and like ask to be friends because of the platform. So everyone thinks that when you have that many followers that you just automatically have so many friends. And it's like, no, in my opinion, it makes it harder to make friends because you never really know what their intentions are and whatnot. Mm -hmm. You're not sure if they just want to make content and like yeah. get their follower count exactly. up. Exactly, which is fine, honestly. Yeah. Like I don't mind that at all. I kind of just- You also want to have genuine relationships. Yeah, like I, you know, we can do that, but also let's just be friends kind yeah. of thing. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. I want to talk about your relationship, your body. I'm mm -hmm. so fascinated by that myself. What's that like? I mean, you're obviously an athlete, so you have a real appreciation mm -hmm. for your body and what it can do physically. But then obviously you're a model. People are looking at your body. Your livelihood is connected to it. 
how does that work? And how do you find the balance of being healthy and also being aware of that? Is there a way to even balance that? I struggle with this so much. Growing up, since I did so many sports, I think I just didn't really realize that since I was working out so much like, and I was eating whatever I wanted, but it was just all going away because I was also very young. My metabolism is was very fast at the time. And then I started a beautiful thing called birth control. <laughs> that messed me up so much, especially with so many people. In Florida, I was wearing bikinis. I lived in bikinis my entire life. And posting that, I didn't think was a problem but everyone else had things to say about my body. And you know, I never had an eating disorder before I had social media. I never even thought about it. The, I kid you not, the moment I started posting in a bikini, so many negative thoughts just were always surrounding my body. And it, I started actually hating the way that I looked. And it's insane because I never dealt with that growing up. I was always like, yeah, I'm fit, yeah, whatever it would be. And then, you know, in the beginning of TikTok, there was the whole cancel culture thing. And I was getting canceled because I didn't have boobs. Like, that was literally a thing. And I was like, what do you, like, if I go get a boob job right now, then I'm going to get canceled because I'm, like, job. because yeah. I'm going into plastic surgery. And it's like, you can't really win with the situation. So I kind of just, like, was trying to just, like, work out and be healthy. And, you know, healthy for everyone is totally different, too. And then... There was just like a really low part where I just wasn't eating. And this was probably like a little more than a year ago. I don't really know. Honestly, my thought process back then, I was just like trying to eat, but I wasn't eating. Yeah, I was going to say, did you even know that you, could you recognize that you were doing that? Or was the, it just kind of happening? Like At you, the time, yeah. it was just happening. And then it eventually got better. Like I felt like I wasn't really trying to get it better. It just naturally did, which I'm so blessed that it did that. But then it kind of relapsed in the past like six months. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think just especially with like going to Europe and stuff like that and really getting into the modeling world. Yeah. The sample size pressure, yeah, the tiny, like, tiny girls. I'll go into like a fitting and you know, none of the clothes will like go over my hips. And you know, you can just hear them speaking in like a different language. You know, you don't know what they're saying, but you can imagine what they are. And I thought for the longest time, that not eating was gonna make me skinnier. So false, so false. It actually made me gain so much more weight. You are 20 years old. You spent the last three years in this whirlwind of social media of people like judging the shit out of your body. I grew up in San Diego, mm -hmm. um, Southern California, and it's the same culture of like the beach. Everyone's mm -hmm. in their bikini. We would in the summer wake up in the morning and like put on bathing suits and go to the beach and literally like throw on shorts at night and that would be it. And everybody had different bodies and whatever and it just didn't feel like it was a sexualization mm -hmm. of, there was no like, se obviously it was like a flirty wet, you know, You'd be at the beach and be like, what's up? I'm mm -hmm. in my bikini. But it didn't feel like, oh, I'm sexualizing myself. It just felt like part of the culture of being in a very warm place. And I remember when I started posting myself in a bikini, I felt the same way. I was like, wait, why is why are the politics of my body and the way my body looks being discussed and ripped apart in this way that like felt so uncomplicated for me when I was 17? Mm -hmm. You're like go from this innocent kind of feeling of just like experiencing your body and getting to know it to all of a sudden being like, whoa, I'm at the center of this shit storm around women's bodies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like everything you just said was completely me. It was like, it was such an innocent thing of me doing. 
And then all of a sudden it was like over-sexualizing. Men were being just disgusting. Girls were being even more disgusting. And I was like, what is going on? Like I was doing this just to be happy. Like there was no negative thought in my brain. And then all of a sudden it turned into such a negative thing. Yeah. So what do you do now to try to protect yourself? I mean, it's an ongoing thing for me too with body and like my relationship to, you know, my size and the way I look and and also just trying to like find inner happiness and inner joy when like your whole livelihood and your career and your just beginning is tied to the way your body looks. Of course, it's so complicated. What do you do? Like, how do you navigate that? No, listen, I'm not saying I have the answers and I don't expect you to, but Um, what are you moving towards, I guess? I think like in this exact moment, because it was so bad in the past six months, I got really mad at myself and not in a self-hatred way in like a, what is wrong with you? Like, why can't you just get it together kind of way? About being, about your body looking the way you wanted it to look or about you taking care of yourself? About like all of it because it was like getting it from all sides yeah and it was like I thought this is a very bad mindset but I was like oh like if I just don't eat I'll get super skinny and then that will solve all my problems and no (laughs) that was not true don't listen to that advice that's not it was more so I started actually taking care of my body and I started I got this thing called an aura ring which basically tells you your entire sleep schedule, your heart rate, like it reminds you to work out. And then I started like actually taking care of my body. And then cooking was such a large thing for me because the moment, I feel like maybe you can understand, like when you go to a restaurant, I never knew what to order because I was like, well, what's the healthiest option? And the thing that you need to realize is like, no food is bad food. Eating large consumptions of the same thing is bad. But if you like go out and you want to eat pasta one night, that's not a bad thing. Like eat it. You're hungry. And I think teaching my brain, I'm still in that process. Like To like tap back into your instincts, basically. You have to like untrain yourself with all the diet culture and all the things that you've learned and just be like, wait, I'm fucking hungry (laughs) and I'm craving this. Yeah. So that was my thought process. And then the cooking just kind of like started it because the moment I knew exactly what was going into my meals made it easier to eat. Because then I would like watch TV and then that gets my brain unplugs it and Mm. then I'm only focusing on that and then I can eat or whatever it would be. Um, I think what's really amazing about you sitting here and talking about this is a lot of young models don't want to talk about it. I know for me, I couldn't even identify the body issues that I had at the age of 20 because they were so complicated. And I so wanted to kind of believe that I wasn't falling prey to this culture around fashion and modeling and social media. So I think it's really even if you don't have the exact, if you haven't gotten through and you haven't been like, oh my God, I know exactly now how to take care of this and take care of myself, just even being able to acknowledge it. I mean, the difference between Victoria's Secret angels 10 years ago and you is that you're able to say, no, this shit is real exactly. and I'm and struggling with it. That was a really large thing that I wanted to do when I started getting the attention, it was all a bunch of little girls. Yeah. Not little, but like, you know, from the ages of like 15 to 20 something. And, you know, when they would make the nasty comments, I would be like, well, this is what I'm going through. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want you to try to invalidate me right now because I'm going through the same things that everyone else is going through. And then initially becoming the female that people could look up to and not 
be able to relate. Like I wanted them to be able to relate to me. And that was such an important thing. And I feel like I've kind of been able to do that a little bit. That's so brave though, because you're putting yourself out there in such a way that leaves you vulnerable. Yeah. <laughs> but it's really brave but because you're just like, I have to be real. And exactly. I owe, you have like a sense of responsibility mm -hmm. basically to these girls to be honest. Exactly. Which is so important and like hard, hard to do. And you've done that with your sexuality mm -hmm. as well. Be like that. <laughs> I mean, you are so, that's, I don't know. It's really cool to me to hear about you discovering yourself mm -hmm. and sharing with the world that mm -hmm. part of you. Like how, yeah. what was that process like for you? It was very hard because I never understood the feelings that I had. It was just always this like part of my brain that would feel these weird things, but would never do anything about it. And like even growing up, there was like, I can literally remember the feelings that I had so vividly. It was this one girl we were friends with and I was like, wait. <laughs> and then I just pushed them out of my brain. I was like, nope, she's just my friend. Also, I was maybe like 11 or 12 at this time. Right, but and you felt like, you yeah. felt butterflies. Yeah, and yeah. I was like, this is weird and whatever, just put that on my brain. Florida as a state is pretty homophobic. My hometown is not the most accepting. So, and I also had zero friends that were a part of the LGBT I was gonna community. Ask. There was not even like parents. Like if there was, it was kind of like nobody spoke about it. I moved to LA and just still had those kind of feelings towards certain people. And then I just had a moment where I wasn't talking to anyone. But every time I would think about anything, like relationship-wise, it was always a female. But I never had like a face to put it on. It wasn't like I fell in love with my best friend. That was never the case. It was more so I just was always thinking about women and how much I appreciate them. And then all of a sudden, it just happened. <laughs> and then the whole... What was that? What do you mean all of a sudden? Like, what was the thing that clicked for you? It was this girl that I met. Okay. And... It was a odd feeling. It was like, do I want to be you or do I want to be with you? And she was on the more masculine side. And I think it was just kind of like us hanging out, being like, oh, like, okay. And I think because she was so openly gay or bisexual yeah. the term, that it made me feel comfortable. And I also don't really have that many friends that are part of the community. Like even now, like it's kind of hard for me to have friends in the community. I don't know why. I couldn't tell you why. It's just hard for me. And then after that moment of time, I was dealing with internal homophobia for months. Probably a year I was dealing with it. Even while like her and I were like talking-ish. Like feeling self-hate? Every time I would think about it, I'd be like, this is wrong. Like I shouldn't be doing this. Like this is this is not okay. Like people aren't going to accept me. Like da 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 And I think a large part of it was because I am so femme presented. In my brain, I was like, gay girls don't look like you do. Like you don't fit the stereotype, which is completely false, completely false, because there should not be a stereotype of what you look like. Love is love. You should be able to love whoever you want to. And express your personal identity however you want exactly. to. Exactly. Yeah. And that was kind of the thing I struggled with for so long. So that's the thing that I preach the most about now. It's mm -hmm. like, pretty girls are gay. Like, why is that not more talked about and kind of like why is there a stereotypical and how if you're part of the community you have to look a certain way yeah being femme presenting is interesting even as a heterosexual mm -hmm. woman or as a bi woman i mean i think like 
choosing, I, it's something I've been thinking about a lot and recorded some episodes around is like how we choose to present ourselves every day in the world as a woman and the politics of that. And, you know, where your personal choice and your self-expression and all the conditioning that we have meet and like literally how much makeup you put on <laughs> is like a yes. negotiation of that. Forget what you even literally. post online <laughs> or what outfit you wear. I mean, it keeps going. And in New York City, like you step outside, it feels like, it feels like you're posting something on the internet. Oh, yeah. And I think that's also something I just struggle with on the day to day is presenting either masculine or feminine. And obviously I'm more femme presenting, but there's like always those thoughts in my back of my brain that are like, oh, today I want to dress up and I want to be like more masculine. Like I'm just feeling like I don't want to wear any makeup. I want to like literally dress like a boy and that's the way that I feel the most confident. But then there's, you know, days I wake up and I'm like, I want to wear a dress today. Like, and it's tied to your image and your career, your modeling. It's something you mentioned when we sat down, like, oh, I've been wanting to shape my head. Mm-hmm. And what's that like to have your image and your self-expression, physical self-expression, mm-hmm. so tied to basically your image is your commodity, your body's your commodity. Mm-hmm. Does that feel limiting? Does that feel good? Does it, what is it, what is that like? I think in the beginning, I thought it was really good because I kind of quite honestly had people telling me how to look. And I was yeah. like, oh, this is nice. Like, I don't gotta, I'm just gonna go on Pinterest and look what other girls wear. And I'm like, gonna copy that. And then, <laughs> you know, I started tapping more into fashion and realizing that I wanted to express the way that I looked in different ways than just my clothing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like wanting to shave my head, bleaching my eyebrows. We gotta talk about the bleach brows. Yeah, <laughs> like it, it was interesting because I know, like even when I bleached my eyebrows, I got so much negative backlash to it. I saw it, it and, and I, I was, was shook. <laughs> the same thing, I was like, what is, it's my eyebrows. I dyed them a different color. The and feeling was like, stay in your lane, Olivia. Yeah, like, you're not like, this kind of girl. Yeah, and I was like, well, who, who's to say that I'm not that mm-hmm. type of girl? Like, just because I've been a certain type of girl for the past two years doesn't mean that I can't try out different things. It's so limiting. And I'm just like, I didn't even know how to deal with it at the time that I ended up dying them back. And just for like work purposes, mm-hmm. which again is limiting, but you know, it's what I do, so I love it. Well, but. you're building a career, right? Mm-hmm. You're at the beginning of your career. You want to have a look that people recognize mm-hmm. and you're establishing yourself, you know, and kind of giving that image more and more credit. Yeah. So it's hard to switch it up. But exactly. also you're a 20-year-old woman who wants to experiment with her identity and express herself. Yeah. So um, I think that's always been a huge thing is because I think a lot of people – go through times of their life where they try out new things. And I feel like not really allowed to do that, almost in a sense. I could, realistically, I could. Let's put that out there. It just would be interesting to see like the backlash that it almost scares me. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. I want to talk a little bit about something I'm fascinated by, which is connected to the femme. Mm-hmm. 
the idea of appealing to the male gaze. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I'm, think about this so much. <laughs> I'm sure because I feel like you're very, you're very, very smart and you're super self-aware and you're, you know, making TikToks, you're making content that obviously you, I'm sure you get so many creepy mm-hmm. dudes and you're an Esports Illustrated model. It's like sex symbol status. What do you think about that? I was literally thinking about this like three days ago and how from such a young age, we are taught that we are supposed to like do the absolute most to impress men. I still fall under it. I, it's not it's not like I've cracked the code or anything. Like I still Me struggle either, with it. Me yeah. either. <laughs> I'm still like, oh, I'm single. Like I should like go out and like wear a cute dress and like see if I get boys' attention. Mm-hmm. I don't even want their attention. I don't even like them. Like I, I don't know. know where my thought process is when I'm doing this. And uh, I think our society has just normalized like that girls should spend hours getting ready to go out and boys just like show up and they're like just so comfortable in front of whatever it would be and i don't agree with it and that's why i like women (laughs) (laughs) i mean male validation is so powerful it's so powerful it builds careers i mean i'll speak to mine (laughs) i think that's a tough thing that is kind of engraved in everyone's brain even when like adorable little like queer men like compliment me i'm like like it just means so much and it's so odd how it's like because it's coming from a man it's different than coming from a woman or another type of person and it's it's hard to deal with like especially like walking in the streets of new york and you want to be confident you're going to wear a cute outfit Mm -hmm. but then you literally have to understand before you leave you are going to get catcalled you are probably going to get followed you are probably going to have to maybe scream at someone like depending on the situation deal and with full harassment yeah and it's like why like because i look cute like you you really think that i'm doing this for you no i'm doing this for myself and kind of i'm in the process of like being able to rewire my brain to like not think about the male gaze anymore mm-hmm. which is hard because I mean, of the industry lifelong project yeah. let me tell let me tell you yeah. <laughs> lifelong project mm-hmm. so that's definitely something i'm struggling with but what about dating? Are you, can I ask you? Yeah, dating is scary. Okay, so I got out of a female to female relationship. And when I was in it, I was like, I'm never dating a man in my entire life again. Weird thought process. I don't know. But then after we woke up, the whole male gaze thing, I was like really falling into like the male validation. So I was like, let me give it a go. Like, let's try it. And couldn't have gone worse. Really? <laughs> yes. I just, Maybe it's the type of boys that I'm talking to, mm-hmm. but most of them are in the industry. And mm-hmm. maybe that's actually, I've talked <laughs> to like a large variety of men. And I just feel like there was always such a disconnect between me and them. And this is something that I always think about. It's like, I think men are very insecure of more masculine, powerful women because they are just intimidated by us. And I don't really know why. I kind of want to ask them and be like, what's up? Like, why? I don't even know if they would be able to tell you. Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, it, it's so confusing to me because I'm like, why? Like, you try so hard to get me. You get me. Then there's just a total disconnect because then it becomes like almost they feel like a competitive side of it. Mm-hmm. And it's like. Oh, man. It's, I have to tell you, it's so – I have always felt like I'm a strong woman, but obviously as you get older and, like, you really don't need a man. Like, mm-hmm. you're financially secure. You set up your whole life, start your own business, whatever, become your own boss. 
and you don't need a man and you're thinking like, okay, like this is what everybody has told. Men have said, I like independent women. I, I want somebody who like doesn't need me. I hate, you know, there's this sort of like toxic association with femininity and like neediness. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I did it. I'm okay. Wow. Which by the way, so fucked up that I even like would build my whole but life around that. that. I love you talking about this because I'm going through this right now yeah. and I'm doing the whole becoming my own boss thing. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting that you've already done it and you're still seeing like the struggles with it. So what I hate with dating with men in particular is I feel like they're like, this is okay. Yes. Like you're special. You've done it. And they love it and they love it. And then slowly they get emasculated mm-hmm. and they they don't know what to do with those feelings. And then they resent you yeah. and then they start to tear you down. And then you're just back to square exactly. one. And it's so fucked up and unfair because I feel like a lot of men who truly think they want a strong woman actually don't know how to handle it and they don't know what it means for their own identity. It's one of the reasons that I I understand dating women because yeah, there might be competition, there might be whatever, but like there's respect that doesn't feel like somebody's taking something away from someone else where weirdly with heteronormative relationships, I think that that happens because you're like the strength and the power is associated with the masculine. And once a woman has that, a man doesn't know what else he has. And I'm like, how about you just be better at expressing your emotions and being there emotionally? That would be great. (laughs) That would be adding a lot. Literally. Yeah. yeah. Dating boys or men or Mm -hmm. anyone with that mindset is just difficult because it does feel very competitive in the whole tearing you down situation. It's like, in the beginning, they love it. And they're like, oh, you're so independent. Like, oh, you do everything on yourself. But then they like actually date you and they realize that like, you're an independent person. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't really need them. Like, I, I don't need to date anyone in my life right now. Then they kind of see that awkward space where it's like, they actually have to put in the effort because I'm not going to be needy where they're very used to needy girls or not even needy girls, but like girls giving them the attention all the time. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to put in all this effort if you're not. Like, duh. (laughs) And they expect that. That's the craziest part. It's like they expect you to just be their mother. And I'm like, I'm 20 years old. I am not your mother, respectfully. Like, I cannot. And I'm doing it to like men that are like five years older than me. And I'm like, what is going on? I've said to my girlfriend, I'm like, I feel like I attract the worst. (laughs) Sometimes I'm like, fuck, because I want a confident man. I don't want an overly confident man who has something to prove and is trying to prove it through me. Mm -hmm. That is not what I want. Which is the hardest find. If you find one of those men, like, go you. I know. Where are they at? (laughs) Yeah. Like, honestly, where are they? Because I have not found one that I'm compatible with at all. Well, it sounds like you're doing a good job navigating so much. You have so much on your plate right now. What's next for you? What are you excited about? Like, what what do you want? Even just personally, forget mm-hmm. career-wise. Mm-hmm. Love, would love for my food relationship to get better. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm on a very good journey with it right now, but kind of getting back to the whole, like, eating consistently throughout the day and, like, not feeling bad about it. Like, kind of being unapologetically myself, yeah. I feel like, would be kind of the end goal. And then... Honestly, I'm very passionate about this organization called Coral Gardeners and the ocean. I feel like, I don't know, if you like grew up around it, you just have a way deeper connection with it than anyone if you don't live near the ocean. And I did a campaign with them over the summer in Tahiti where they're basically trying to make sure people understand that global warming is like a real thing. And it's like, people are like, oh, coral reefs are dying because of like 
sunscreen and da da da. And it's like, Ugh. no, this coral reef is in the middle of nowhere. And there's maybe like a few hundred people that live on this island. Wow. The entire coastal reef is not dead because of sunscreen, like, or whatever they're saying. And it's like they've actually made actual evidence of that it's global warming. So I think that. And they're educating people and you're working yeah. with them to kind of spread this awareness. Yeah, because, yes, and it's honestly just something that I love and then it, like, helps me. I'm able to go into the water and swim and surf and all that. Oh, my God. It must be hard living in New York City. I, as somebody who grew up on a beach and just sunshine makes me feel alive and happy. I definitely deal with seasonal depression. It's very important for me. And I do have that relationship to the ocean. I also feel like the ocean provides this really good perspective on like where you are on the planet Mm -hmm. that can feel really nice um i don't know if you relate to that that's kind of a far out thing to say but i do feel that way and i think yeah it's really cool also i have to say this is a compliment i'm not trying to gas you up Mm -hmm. but for you're 20 years old and you have so many things that you care about so passionately already and you have your priority straight about the kind of messages you want to send out there and you're using your self and your personal identity to express those and also just politics and things you care about. I feel like you hear people talk about using their platform a lot and it kind of, you get like sick of it almost, but I feel like what's so great about what you're doing is it's so genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me happy. And I, you know, I see a lot of creators, I'm surrounded by a lot of creators that don't use their platform for anything. And I'm like, well, what's your end goal with it? Like, what do you, what are you trying to change about the world, I guess? And you know, not everyone has to have it all figured out, but I feel like I just my brain never turns off with this. So it's just it's so important to realize your impact, and I think it, what you represent is that you can have any kind of sexual orientation, and you can look however you want, and that's super important because I think women do get put into boxes that could even happen in queer culture where you're like i have to if i'm going to be this way then i have to present this way and that's that and that's the only way i'll be accepted into a community and you're breaking outside of molds and boxes and making an impact (laughs) thank you so much for coming on i enjoyed this conversation so much and i mean it when i say please come back and like update me and and let me know and i'll be watching and rooting for you thank you so much for coming thank you That was Olivia Ponton, incredible young lady. We talk about so many things from her coming out to self-expression, to working in the modeling industry, to social media. We covered a whole lot of topics. Look out for my next episode, Emrata Ass in the Feed. That's a solo episode where I will be taking a question I haven't been able to stop thinking about and investigating it, hopefully coming up with some thought-provoking questions and ideas for you all. Subscribe to Hilo Talk Back to join the conversation. I will be taking your audio notes, your DMs, your thoughts, your feelings, whatever you want to say, and we'll be discussing them and continuing the conversation from whatever we've touched on this week. Go to hilo.fm to submit your thoughts. That's H I G H L O W.fm. Follow me at Imrata. Send me DMs. Tell me what you've been thinking about. I'll talk to you all very soon. High Low with Emrata is a Sony Music Entertainment, Bitch Era Media, and Something Else production produced by Chelsea Jacobson. 
Our executive producers are me, Emily Radikowski, and Sarita Wesley. Our senior producer is Medina Parwana, and our associate producer is Rachel Choder. Today's episode was engineered by Samantha Gatsik with original music by The Crystal Pharaoh. Thanks for listening.